Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. I think that being an independent capability within a large, or within any size business, where you are there to help the business navigate through potholes that may emerge in the future, you will always have challenges. Um, some people don't want to see the potholes. Some people want to put their foot on the accelerator and hope they don't hit the pothole. So there can be challenges with culture and how businesses and leaders actually receive risk management insight. In this edition of the GRC Professional Podcast, I speak to Elizabeth Loyland, who is one of the new directors to the GRC Board, as well as our new treasurer. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slusher and I'm the editor of the GRC Professional Magazine and GRC Professional Online. And with me, I have Elizabeth Moylan. Am I pronounce, pronouncing your name correctly? Is it Moylan? It's Moylan. Loyalan. Okay. Well, thank you very much for being on the podcast today um, and welcome to the board and being the new treasurer. Um, I guess I'm just interested a little bit in your path to risk and compliance. Well, thank you very much for um, inviting me to be on the podcast today. It's very exciting. I've never been on a podcast before. <laughs> It'll be interesting to hear my own voice. Um, I actually fell into the risk and compliance profession out of university. Mm-hmm. So at uni, I studied commerce and law. And at the end of my final year, I was kind of making this um, trade-off decision. Do I go into the law and become a legal professional or do I go into business and finance and leverage? my commerce degree and I guess I was sort of you know trying out both options um, and landed in the ANZ graduate program um, as a banker Mm. so my thought was I'll do it for a year you know give it a crack see how it goes so I ended up um, in the ANZ graduate program and I was placed in a risk and compliance role um, as my very first role within the bank So risk and compliance at that point was something that was so new and fresh Mm. because I um, have been working for quite a few years. Um, It wasn't something that we studied or really um, learnt much about at university, so it was very much a learning on the job. But as I was sort of learning more about how operational risks and compliance impact such a big financial institution because I work for ANZ, I kind of realised it was a growth industry and area and um, I've been really fortunate to kind of rotate through many different roles um, over the years in the risk and compliance space. And I guess being there sort of at the beginning when things are fresh, you got a chance to build a few processes yourself. A hundred percent. Yeah, I um, have worked on the implementation of the AML CTF Act in Australia. So it's kind of hard to believe considering the focus on anti-money laundering controls and sanctions in today's era Mm. that it was actually only, what, 10 years ago um, that those laws came to be. Um, So being at, you know, at the forefront of um, you know how these frameworks rolled out and um, became policy and procedure and practice and you know the missteps of certain financial institutions along the way like CBA um, you know having a big issue with the ATM machines last year mm. it's been really quite a fascinating journey. And how long have you been a member of the GRCA? I've been a member of the GRCI, and this is sort of a trick question because I don't really have a way of verifying, but I think it's probably about 
seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a big momentum, you know, um, quite a few years ago for a big cohort of risk people um, in the bank that I worked for to, to join. And, you know, ever since then, I've really enjoyed receiving newsletters and information at conferences and just some fresh insights in, into how you can look at risk and compliance challenges. Right, and now you're on the board and you're the treasurer. I mean, I hope that's not like too much pressure. But what does you know being the being in this position on the GRCI mean for you? Well, I think having worked in operational risk and compliance for over sixteen years, I've now reached a point where I think I know a fair bit about you know how risk is managed within large organisations, how compliance is viewed from both a regulator perspective but also when you're working in industry. And I really feel like it's my time to give back, um, you know, to influence how risk and compliance professionals are trained to advocate for the profession and also to, you know, work with the regulator on how they evolve um, regulatory requirements, particularly in this era when we've got the Banking Royal Commission, um, you know, the CEOs of um, large institutions have to front up to Parliament every six months. You know, there's just a lot of change going on. I feel like I have a lot of insight and um, I'd love to help, you know, grow the GRCI as well. Great, excellent. Um, and of course, you know, being in the profession as long as you have, I'm sure you've had your, your ups and downs, um, you know, I guess your frustrations and your triumphs. Um, can you give some examples of, you know, some of your great moments and maybe some of your frustrating moments? I think that being an independent capability within a large, within any size business, where you are there to help the business navigate through potholes that may emerge in the future, you will always have challenges. Um, some people don't want to see the potholes. Some people want to put their foot on the accelerator and hope they don't hit the pothole. So there can be challenges with culture and how businesses and leaders actually receive risk management insight. And so that can be a challenge. But I view that as a really exciting challenge because it teaches you about you know what are the levers and drivers of businesses what are the individual levers and drivers of individuals you know how do we bring what's happening out there in the broader community um you know from the banking royal commission to international regulatory change how do we bring that to life in a meaningful way so that our business leaders when they're planning their strategies and their programs for the future really you know appreciate your insight and want to take on board your messages mm-hmm. i think there are there's certainly pros in terms of you you've got a seat at the table when large things can be happening but the cons can be sometimes people can feel like you're a bit of a roadblock to progress mm-hmm. right so yeah so it's just trying to work on changing that perspective um, in the business Indeed, indeed, just trying to understand people, motivations, pressures. I mean, we look at things through a risk and compliance lens, but if you're running a business, you've got targets. You've got an expectation of financial progress. And so sometimes, you know, investing in a risk project or adding a new resource um, in compliance can be can seem counterproductive because you are not going to be the ones generating the revenue and that's where understanding you know if you're taking a long-term sustainable view you have to make those investments and then you will make more money over time 
and as we're learning um, with all of the things that are going on with um, banks' financial results, it can sometimes save you um, some dollars with remediation in the future as well. Yes, yes. Um, and I mean, you've touched on a number of issues there, um, but you know, we had our major sort of mini conference Sydney event um, about, I think about two weeks ago now. And I was just curious, you know, what were some of the key issues, you know, you being there that you came away with from that event? I think it was fantastic that the GRCI was able to bring together so many regulators in the one place at the one time. I mean, I haven't heard of ASIC, APRA, ACCC, AUSTRAC, AFCA and the ATO all gathering together on the one stage to kind of give all of these risk and compliance professionals insight into what they were going to be focusing on in the next sort of little while, whether it be 12 months or a three-year time horizon. So I think that was incredible and you know, kudos to um, the GRCI that you're able to, to convene such an impressive panel of people to speak. You don't always receive this and feel this when you're working day to day in your risk jobs, but that we are an independent professional capability, that we are a bit like accountants or lawyers. We do have a very valuable role to play. And when we convene together and we convene as groups that work across different businesses and industries, we can have lots of insights that can help each other, you know, work through problems. So I thought it was a really fantastic, well-run um, event and impressive array of speakers and great to speak to people from, you know, a variety of different industries. Well, excellent. And then you've touched on this a bit when you were addressing the other issues and talking about the conference just now. But what changes would you like to see in the future when it comes to looking at risk and compliance and how it is treated by businesses? This is interesting because you have a full spectrum of, um, of perceptions when you talk about being in risk and compliance. You have the people that don't understand what you do and what your value add is all the way through to the you know, inspired and um, well-educated people who understand that you are a critical ingredient in long-term success. So I think where we need to get to is, and, and the momentum's already been built by what's been happening with Banking Royal Commission and um, the report into CBA and the cultural challenges there, just an increase in understanding of the need to look at risks, identify them ahead of time, proactively manage and then the business will be stronger in the long term right, right. I think we will we will get there yeah. but you know there is a school of, of business professionals who think that we're that risk and compliance can be a cost but my view is that we are actually you know the key ingredient to sustainable long-term success Right, yeah. And I mean, it sounds like I was going to, my next question was going to be how soon do you think these changes are likely to happen? But I guess this is a sort of a long term question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think every organisation is at a different place in yeah. the journey. I think some of the larger banks are going to be pushed into cultural change a little bit sooner because of the Banking Royal Commission and what's coming out of that. Um, but I think there'll be a ripple effect. You know, the, the Royal Commission's been a bit of a shock to the system and, you know, you must change and you must change quite quickly. Mm. Um, I think we'll see a bit of a domino effect in, in the coming sort of 12 to 24 months where, um, you know, 
all the players in the market will have to start adopting some of the key learnings or, or you know, risk being reprimanded by us in APRA. Right, yes, of course. And of course, we've been talking about compliance as perception institutions, but you also just mentioned the regulators in the Royal Commission and, you know, ASIC also came under some scrutiny in terms of how they have been in enforcing or not enforcing or how they've been using EUs. And I wondered, um, what do you, what regulatory approaches would you like to see um, to sort of complement the changes that financial institutions need to make? I think that the regulators in Australia have been quite passive for many years and the Banking Royal Commission is inevitably going to change that. But I think the challenge for regulators is getting talent that understand the mechanics of, of the you know, the businesses that they're regulating. Yeah. I think that there really needs to be a bit more of a concerted effort to cycle people through industry into regulators like ASEAN and APRA and then going back into industry just to share the learnings and knowledge because principles-based regulation is great because it doesn't it's not as prescriptive, but it also means that there can be so much vagueness it can be hard to know where the bar actually lies mm, in terms of right. what you have to do. So I think if we could get people understanding the regulator point of view, people understanding the industry point of view, and then kind of, I don't know, cycling through um, both institutions but also regulators, we get um, a much more balanced outcome and probably better implementation success as well. Right, yes, of course. And, um, of course, coming up to the last question, you've done well so far, um, what advice would you give for risk and compliance professionals who are just trying to get this right in their organisations? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll frame my advice based yeah. on my own experiences, but I've found I've always had great leaps forward in my understanding and insight when I've moved roles in different product areas or different divisions or, um, you know, within a different organisation because the more varied your experience is, the more you'll be able to think outside the square and um, be innovative in how you support businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my advice would be, you know, if you're in, in risk and compliance, to think about, you know, cycling through jobs, learning more about different parts of a business or different industries and you'll ultimately be a much better risk and compliance professional. Mm-hmm. I also think it's really important to have the courage to challenge when you think things don't seem right, you know, ask the questions. And that can be challenging because if you're in, in an area where there's a resistance to the message, you've really got to work out how to pitch the message that people will listen. But, you know, to have the courage of your convictions and to also remain curious I mean, there's just so much fabulous insight out there at the moment. If you pick up, um, you jump online and go on the ASIC um, website or the APRA website, you can see lots of reports and reviews that give you great insight into, you know, how they regulators look at things. And I guess it's like a crystal ball, you know, what we can expect to see coming through the pipeline in the future as well. All right. Well, thank you very much, Elizabeth. Um, We hope to have you on the podcast again soon. Sounds fantastic. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the GRC Professional Podcast. This podcast was produced by the GRC Institute and the original music was composed by Rob Neary.